0: You are listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into
1: today's episode. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening to Worshipology. This is a podcast for worship teams, worship leaders, and worshipers. And, uh, you know, the goal of this podcast is always to equip those who are listening just to be closer followers of Jesus and uh, to unpack worship. And today uh, I'm joined by my friend, Megan Thurman, down in Texas. Say what's up, Megan?
0: Hi.
1: <laughs> now, we met uh, when we were both living in the Washington, D.C. area, right? Yeah. That's how we met. Yeah. But you've led worship. I mean, I know when, I, when we first met, you were leading worship at McLean Bible Church, a yeah. massive church in that D.C. area. And now you've kind of traveled all over the place, led worship in many different churches, many different yeah. backgrounds. We're going to get into all that fun mm-hmm. stuff. But just for our listeners, just kind of let us know, what's the what's that snapshot story of Megan Thurman? How'd you get involved in in music and ministry, in particular, worship leading?
0: Yeah. I mean, I grew up in Texas, and I grew up in a Baptist church, very, uh, some of your listeners, listener, but well, your listeners are probably worship leaders so they understand their churches. So anyway, <laughs> Baptist, very complimentary. so I grew up being the harmony girl my whole life. Like never, mm. I mean, I was the, it was the classic, like the guy was the worship leader. The girl was the harmony and he might sometimes throw the girl a, a song every now and then. And uh-huh. so, but I grew up singing in operas, like not operas, Oprys, which are okay, like, that's an important distinction, very important <laughs> distinction. It is the it's the like um county versions of the grand old opry. So it's country music, nice. And so I grew up really singing country music, thinking I would eventually get into country music. and and honestly, that was the goal just because I grew up. and I'd never thought that I could be the worship leader. And so, um, then I got married to my husband. He had accepted a job at a church called McLean Bible Church. He was moving up to uh, when we were engaged. He was moving up to DC, and so I stayed in Dallas. I moved up to Dal moved up to DC once we got married. Um, learned a lot of lessons, like all of Nashville country music, all of those things really just crumbled and died, <laughs> and wow. I did not sing for a year. And became just so angry at the Lord. I always say like it was the worst year of marriage and it was all my fault because I was just mad and my mm. kind and loving husband was gracious. And um, I remember like getting rejected to sing at a funeral. <laughs> like when, wow. And I remember it broke me. Ugh. And my sweet boss at the time, Marty McCall, he was like, I'm so sorry. They don't want you to sing at the funeral. They don't know you. <laughs> obviously understandable but anyway that's kind of what what broke the camel's back or whatever I'm bad with analogies the straw whatever (laughs) the cherry on top I don't know but that was the thing that made me say okay God I don't care anymore I can't be angry at you it's been a year now like I can't be angry I would probably Mm. choose to be but I just can't and um I uh was like dude, Lord, I will, I seriously told him this and I've told them him in other seasons, like I will scrub toilets. I will work mm-hmm. in the children's ministry. I just want to be involved in your church. I mm. want to love you and serve you. And I want nearness to you. And so whatever that is, I, whatever that takes, then just do that. Do that. Yeah, And I'll say yeah. yes. And about a week later, someone worked into walked into I was working at anthropology as a manager. I was like my whole major was retail whatever. And in college was like I can't even remember, but it was mm-hmm. like getting clothes out and designing it and whatever. Oh, sweet. Um someone walked in, he was the college minister doing like at, you know, AU, like American University and like all these places. And he's like, Megan, I've been meaning to talk to you. Would you like to start leading worship at one of our campuses? Hmm. And this was a year after just not singing. And, you know, and so I was like, yes. And that's literally what what started me being able to lead worship. And I remember walking into frontline. Okay. This is like all, none of your listeners are going to know any of this, but yeah. Yeah.
1: Unpack frontline for a minute because I remember that as like a huge ministry in the DC area. It
0: was in the DC area. It was like, it was like one of the first huge, just young adult services. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it was like massive. And I remember, and McLean put it on, it was the night service called Frontline. And so um, I remember walking in and there was a worship leader there. And I'm not going to say her name because I never knew her. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, but she was the worship leader for Frontline. And I remember leaning over to my husband being like, wait, so where's the guy? Is he not there? Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, no, she's it. And I was like, no, but where's the guy worship leader? Who's the main guy? <laughs> And and Corey was like, "No, she is. She's the main." And I remember there was a moment where I looked at her, and I've had these moments three other times in my life. I know that I know that I know I must do this. It's not even. It's past want. It's I have to do this. I can't even explain it other than I must. And so I saw her doing that and I was like, in my mind, I felt, and now I know it's the Spirit of God.
1: So what what, what year was this around when you kind of discovered this at Frontline? Like, man, oh, this is it what was I know I want to It was the
0: first year, it was probably 2009.
1: I mean, how many people would you say on a weekend gathering were at McLean Bible Church at this time?
0: Maybe eight to 10,000.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I would say just for our listeners who have no idea where McLean is, what McLean Bible Church is, probably one of the largest churches, especially on the East Coast, but in that DC area in particular, and very influential. Uh, And honestly, when when I was out in Washington, D.C. at National Community Church, we did a lot of cross-pollinating with the church and and our ministry leads and everything like that. Even starting the D.C. Worship Initiative, which was a group of worship leaders in that greater D.C. area that grew to about 80 or 90 worship leaders from different churches. But Megan was a huge part of that. And uh, we led worship together at a lot of events that brought churches together. I remember, um, we did that one night at Echo Stage, and it was yes. it was you representing DC, McLean uh, Bible Church. We had Will Heron, who was so in Ren Collective, one of, Once Upon a Time, and then was at. Mm-hmm. Um, Another church in McLean area, and it was just so cool because I think that unity of that city, which when you think Washington D.C., unity probably isn't the first word that comes to mind. No. Um, but back then there was just <laughs> such a sweet spirit that that kind of we were all in this thing together. Yeah. And uh, and that's where we connected. And then I mean, like just to fast forward a little bit, you you've been involved in a lot of collaborative things. Um, you know, from from like people in song stuff and now the gather house stuff. And I think the cool thing with your story is that you're able to really plug in anywhere and bring all of you to the table. What is that like? So sweet. Hey, listen, (laughs) I've been able to lead worship alongside you. (laughs) That's it. That's it. No, just you, Megan. But I mean, talk about that, like the ability to kind of plug in in different environments and, you know, bring your gifts that bring your 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 heart, your skill, um, to the table because that's not easy to do. That's
0: a really good question. No one has actually ever asked me that question, <laughs> for real. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, it's not easy to do, and not everyone takes it. I'm just gonna be honest. Some yeah, people are that's like, a good point. hard pass. Um. So. I, you know, so, but I think that it is an art. That is not something that comes naturally. It is an art. You're walking into basically other people's ministries and other Mm. people's teams and other people's cultures. And like sometimes great worship leaders are not great team builders. And some, you know, like Mm. you you walk in and the vibe behind the scene is one of competition because everyone Mm. is right. But, and then some people, honestly, I wouldn't say this if it wasn't true, Curtis, because I've told you this in private, but I think that you are a great team leader. I think you build your team well. I think you encourage your team. And I think that's just your natural bent is Mm. being able to do that. And, and so I've told you this privately, even in DC, like you, you lead your team well, Uh, Mm, your musicians always were happy to be there. And, and that, I think that speaks to your leadership. And so Mm. all that to say though, walking into new places and, and being able to walk into new settings, I think that the art is this, and this is something that is just so basic. It is just being acting like Jesus to everyone Mm. around you.
1: That's really good.
0: And it's so—honestly, this past year in 2021 and this year, I'm leading in different spaces almost every Sunday. Now, I have a Mm. role now. I only lead with friends. I just happen to have a lot of friends in Dallas, so there's a lot of options. But I lead with friends, and I lead where I know the Spirit of God is alive and well and is moving. And there's not just the front row coffee drinkers, right? And so there's some stipulations, but I will say walking into a new place, it's, you don't know what you're walking into. So you just try to be Jesus. You try to serve people. How can I serve this person? And it's not just on stage. It does not matter. Like on stage is in the bag. You've got, we all, on stage is the easiest part of Sunday. You sing your song. Wow. It's everything you do behind the scenes. How do I serve the person I'm sitting next to right now? How do I love this person? What mm. what's happening? Is she a single mom? Is she single? Is she's never married before? Is she is she a young adult? Is she, is who is this guy? Like it does wow. he have a family? Like how can I serve them? How can I encourage them? How can I speak Jesus into their lives in this moment. And
1: mm-hmm. more
0: than that, how can I listen? And how can, you know, and it's so it's really, that's basic. really good. That's wow. honestly, that's been the biggest success. And then once you get on stage, I mean, I've been singing at this one place for maybe a few months now. And probably the person who is the person that I was like, oh, she does, every time I come, she does not like this. She looked at me <laughs> last Sunday and she's like, I love it when you're here because when you're here, you're here and you're here to worship with us and you're here 100% and you give Mm. all of you. And I honestly, like, it it was nothing to do with singing that comment. That comment was about being with them and talking with them and hanging out with them and caring for them. And I was like, thank you. But, and I told my husband driving home, I was like, that was honestly one of the kinder things anyone has said to me lately. And so I think that's it. I think that's what
1: it is. Well, I think that means a lot in this day and age because you're being present with people is such a currency. I mean, time is like the most valuable currency we have. And when you're somewhere and you're actually fully invested, fully engaged, there's just it just goes a long way today. I mean, you know, everywhere you go now, people are looking down at these little rectangles they're holding in their hands like like the phone phone generation that we have has really disengaged our mind from being present in the moment with people. And I think as you're leading worship and as you're uh, worshiping with, whether it's your band or your church or whatever context you want to put that in, presence is just so valuable. Like give us one or two tips on just how to be more present with people, not just in those spaces, but in life in general, Megan.
0: Oh, well, I mean, honestly, I think... I have to be I live a life of repentance because I mean, oh, that's good. The phone is, I mean, with my kids. My some one day, my kid was like emulating me. My child, my daughter, <laughs> and she <laughs> pulls out my purse and opens my phone and walks around looking at a phone. And I'm just like, Dad, gum it! Like that is real. And so,
1: ouch, yeah. I
0: have to, yeah, I have to be real there. But I would say like. Being present, you know, something that's, that the Lord has really been putting on my heart, and I'm not telling you I haven't figured out yet. I'm telling you I'm deep diving on it, is, mm. okay, so I'm in all these like AG spaces right now, and they're talking about the mm-hmm. kingdom of God. And I'm like, what the heck do they mean by that? What mm. does this mean? What does this mean, the kingdom of God? Okay, so the first thing I'm realizing is it's an already not yet. So we're already in the kingdom of God, but not yet fully happening. Number two right no one actually knows the full extent of what the kingdom of God, we know what being part of the king, the the, the citizens of heaven, what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be like seeking to live a life bearing good fruit, not bad fruit, right? We're supposed to be living a life of repentance, obedience. We're supposed to be loving the Lord. We're supposed to be supposed to be seeking like Holy spirit, open up my eyes to, to the kingdom of God that is right in front of me Mm. right now. Help me understand that. But then also like in everything in this world, we don't, it's the not yet too of that. Yeah. we. If the Lord is is technicolor, we don't see all of that yet. It's like you're walking as a, you are as a believer in Christ, whether you like it or not, or know it or not, or are, are doing it or not, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And so you're supposed to be mm. living as a citizen of the kingdom of God. You're not your yeah. own. You're bought with a price. Now you are this. And so being present, means being actively aware that God is at work in every single interaction you have, which is exhausting. It could be mm-hmm. utterly exhausting for me. I'm an introvert that like can do extroverted things, but I'm an introvert.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: having that awareness, especially in a church context, behind the scenes, God is at work. The spirit of God is at work in every interaction you have. But then also like, Listen, you beco- it, it becomes more important the farther you get away from a stage. You have hmm. Speaking from going through the hardest year of me and my family's life in 2021, when you feel like you've lost everything, what God says in Job, what the Lord says to Job and what Job discovers really is that when you lose everything, you discover what is most cherished, and that is intimacy with God. Wow. And so what I'm saying is being present... It becomes like the farther you get away from the stage, the more important the relationships become. And so like when you get to your family and being present mm. with your kids or your spouse or your family, your parents, your siblings, like being present with them, it is the easiest to not be present with them. It is the hardest to be present with them. Cause you just want to zone out when you're most comfortable or you want yeah. to numb out or whatever. And being present with your children. I, I mean, looking them in the eyes and asking them questions and talking about the Lord with them. Mm. Even when you're upset saying out loud, Lord, please give me wisdom. Please give me patience right now in this moment. You know, like Mm. that has led to questions of like, how do you know that God hears you? And, And it's just those questions. And so I think that being present, God has a purpose in our present. Like he asks us to be present with people because he has a purpose. And that is to empower us to do the will of God and to empower us to be obedient and empower us to bear good fruits. Wow. And also he desires for us to um, be light in the darkness, salt that has not lost its saltiness and mm. make a real impact in that moment with whoever you're with. And so I think that's the purpose of presence.
1: That's so good. And I think, you know, one of the things that's so easy for a lot of worship teams, worship leaders, creatives, whatever we want to call this segment of people that make music and do that for the Lord. It's so easy for us to use music as a crutch of just like detaching and like, oh, no, I've got to be all about the songs and I just got to get in my zone. But Megan, you're on to something, because I'll tell you this last Sunday, you know, we just moved to this four services format and we've got uh two different locations on the same campus so we got two services in one two services in the other Mm -hmm. and really instead of having the same band do all four um you know just to give maximum opportunities to serve we started doing two different bands and so you know the the one campus we've got uh just two services with about a 35 minute gap in between and so it's just easy to be like, oh, you know, we'll just kind of stay back here in the band room or I'll go to my office and kind of get ready for the next service. But, man, like I spent like almost that whole 35 minutes just out in the lobby connecting with people that were leaving the one service and coming in to the next one. And the conversations I had, I mean, literally, I got a fishing trip out of it with my son Moses. Like, <laughs> uh, we're going fishing next next Saturday on a Honestly, pontoon boat. But-
0: uh not not surprised, Curtis.
1: You know, you know my woo strength, right? But,
0: yes. I mean, we I was just. going to actually bring up that story, but I <laughs> was like, maybe not appropriate, but yes. Oh,
1: uh oh. Tell me. Tell me now.
0: Oh, okay. We were talking about strengths, and I was like, yeah, mine. I mean, honestly, between you and me, I, mine are not conducive to like the. Culture of Christian women—it's like competition, (laughs) command, whatever.
1: Oh, I can see it.
0: Oh, dude, no, mine is woo, and I can get any musician to say yes to me anytime.
1: (laughs) Hey, listen, pizza goes a long way. That's all I know. I mean, Uh, I'm not in youth groups anymore, but that's so. Anyway,
0: you were saying
1: yes, but like getting out with your people is just so huge and. I mean, just the different stories that you hear and the impact, like, I think it's easy to kind of get in this mindset of like, yeah, we're making an impact, but you don't get out and actually feel the impact. Yeah. And there's something different between getting out among the kingdom of, uh, literally, like being an active kingdom member is what I've been hearing you say over these last five minutes. And I think that's so important. What is one of those practical ways, it's almost like you have to put that relationship build mode on the fast track. How do you, how do you, how do you do that?
0: Oh, it's just asking people about themselves. It's like Mm. caring. I mean, it's honestly, it's like, I grew up a pastor's kid. And so you learn basic conversational skills, whether you are introverted or extroverted and you learn how to ask people about them. And literally sometimes I'm just like, okay, tell me about you. Who, who are you? What are you doing? Like, are you married? Are you not married? Do you have kids? Like what's going on? And that question, that question, people love to talk about themselves. And that's not a, that's that's not a mean thing to say. That's just a reality of the human condition Mm -hmm. and that people are happy to talk about themselves if you ask the right questions. And so it's just Mm. like, who are you? Tell me about you. I think basic curiosity also, I think yeah, just it's walking into a room. It's being able to sit next to someone next to someone. And it's being able to say like, who who are you? How mm. are you? Yeah. Where, what is your life? Like it's just, and, and honestly the question, like, tell me about you has gotten me so far. <laughs> I'm serious.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And Simple, but like, huge.
0: Yes. And that has led to so many, and that'll lead to another question, which will lead to another question. And all of a sudden, they're telling you about their family and their kids and they're telling you about, if they start going there, they're talking about the most important parts of them. And that's an incredible thing because then they always know that you're the person who cares about them and their family. When you come and walk into a room and they know you, you know them and being known is important. That's why the Lord talks about how he knows us better than we know ourselves because he's put it in us, the desire to be known and so that takes on, that can become an idol for some of us, right? Especially in worship leading, when we become, get on a stage, like the desire to be known, that can become unhealthy, but the, the seed of it is God put that there.
1: Mm.
0: And, so, and so whenever you look at people and are able to like see them and know them and understand them better, that, that's feeding their soul. And also there's spiritual blessings, that's feeding your soul too, Whether you're exhausted at the end of it or not, that's feeding your soul too. Because in God's kingdom, when you are loving other people, like there is a mutual beneficial blessing there.
1: That's really good. I mean, you know, we've been talking a lot in our team just out of Psalm 133 that, you know, how good and pleasant it is when God's people dwell in unity. And then you go to that last verse, I think it's verse four of Psalm 133 that talks about his bless he commands his blessing in that unity. Man, mm-hmm. that's so good. I think you challenged all of us to just be better relationship builders on our team. Now, now I'm gonna switch gears here because we were talking before we hit record. Uh, we were talking a little bit about, you know, you you said you're kind of reading in in uh, Matthew chapter three, just about the the difference between traditions and relationship. And you know, I've been asking all of our worship leaders this year on the podcast, like, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Right now in this season. And when you, when you brought that up before we hit record, I was like, okay, we gotta, we gotta dive into that.
0: He has so much grace for us because every church is healthy in some way. And every church is broken in some way because every human is healthy in one way and broken in one way. Like there's literally no way for a church to surpass its humanness. Like it is because God gives us the graciousness of his spirit through Christ Jesus to live and work amongst us despite our sin. Mm. Right. And so the Holy spirit is at work working with imperfect, broken people. And the Holy spirit is going to like, God is going to do what God is going to do. God is at work. Not only at work, God is in control of this world down to the nuance of our life and the nuances of our choices each day and everything in between. And church certainly falls in the between, right. The, the grandiose of the universe and the nuance of our inner workings of our personal Mm. lives. And so, so God is at work. And so I think that the biggest thing I've seen as far as that is concerned is like, God is, has so much grace towards us. And I think that we need to show ourselves that grace as well. I think that, as ministers, we carry the weight of attendance and the, we carry the weight of our services going well and we carry the weight of our musicians being okay and we carry a lot of weight on our shoulders and I think that yeah. that God is gracious with us. Mm. And, and I think that we need to be gracious with ourselves even to the point when we we're just talking about like being present. I wanted to say also like sometimes you need to not be present.
1: Mm. And that's how, that.
0: Gosh, if you're tired, if you've done your men's conference and then you're leading your fourth service on a Sunday, (laughs) go, go to your office. Like there is grace for you. And I think that we've, I think that in our churches, sometimes we want, we, we want to serve God so much that sometimes even the Lord is saying like, Hey man, go to your office. Just Mm. sit in silence with me. Like it's okay. Like that's okay. Have grace for yourself because when you're able to have grace for yourself, you're able to have grace for others, and you. That's good. That's very important (laughs) in ministry, Mm. is having grace for each other. And so, anyway, I don't know if I totally answered your question, but that is something that I have been seeing in churches and going into different churches. Is the churches that are have an ability to show grace for one another, they're showing grace for themselves. And honestly, it is just a joy to be at, you know? And so I yeah. would say that those are the places that are really just, they've got it right. And honestly, also, I will say this, like the people coming to your services, mm-hmm. they're far less expectant than you are as far as as far as far like, and not, here's what they're expectant for. Let me rephrase this. They're expectant to sense the spirit of God at work, most of them, you know, in the service, they're expectant to sing some good worship songs that will soften their heart towards the Lord. And, you know, they don't know it's probably softening their heart towards the Lord. They're just like, that was a great song. And I love that song. And I really feel God in that moment. Right. Yeah. And they expect to hear a decent sermon and then they expect to go out to eat afterwards and enjoy their Sunday. Like it's (laughs) not a work day for them. It's their enjoy day. They get to enjoy church and then go and have lunch and spend time with their family. And Sundays are typically a good day. And And so I would say like when your people are in your service, they're not worried as much about like how did announcements go? And oh gosh, we fumbled that key and oh, in wow. the same way that we are. So just like brush it off. Will Pavone told me this because I would, and early on I'd mess up so much he was one of the best bosses I've ever had. Cause he truly taught me perspective and worship
1: mm.
0: and that you do your best. And obviously we'd had conversations about like, he like told me one time, he's like, he took a deep breath and he looked at me. He's like, <sighs> he released his breath. And then he looked at me. He's like, Megan, do you know you prayed heresy yesterday? <laughs> I was like, no, well, like the electric guitarist, he was playing the wrong note. I'm just, I'm really just trying to buy us some time here. I don't know what I was saying, anyway. But I messed up really bad one time, and I got off the stage and he looked at me. He's like, Megan, don't be self-centered in your mistakes. Meaning this: if all you're worried about is the things you messed up on, then all you're Mm. worrying about is you, which now your mind is on you instead of on the Lord, the service, what God is doing. Like, fix your mind back onto Jesus. Mm. don't you know worry about the mistake like to a very limited amount that you can fix it and then be done and so that's what i would say that's and honestly i don't even know where i was going with that so i hope your listeners can be able to connect the dots there so that's 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 so
1: good that's great give yourself grace it's not all about you at the end of the day god's gonna do what he does there you go man curtis there it is Hey Megan, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation and I think a lot of people will resonate and I appreciate your time, appreciate your heart and uh, yeah, excited to hear and see what comes of you next.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Curtis. Thanks for asking me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit
1: curtisparks.com.